Episode 17 starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri lead learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Renee Hawkins, principal at, at Maple Elementary in Smithville, Missouri. And I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, elementary assistant principal at Maple Elementary in Smithville, Missouri. This week's guest is the Apple EDU Development Executive for Kansas, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota. A former technology director in a large Missouri school district, Brent is sharing his passion with educators across the Midwest. Brent has a blog called Cats Chronicles, is a recent survivor of the ed program at Baker University, the doctorate program, and was formerly a co-host on the popular podcast series, Dads in Ed. We are so excited to welcome Dr. Brent Catlett to the podcast. And while you say hello, I'm going to turn my lights back on. All right. Sounds good. Don't go in the dark on us, Renee. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm, I'm honored, humbled to be here. I'm, I'm super excited for what you're doing. Having been a podcast co-host and putting content out there, I think what y'all are doing is fabulous. I mean, at the end of the day, if you learn and grow uh, by your guests, and I'm not saying that will happen today, but if you want to grow with the others you've had on the show, which I've, I've been binge listening on my drives around the uh, Midwest, you guys are doing phenomenal stuff, so keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, Brent, help us to get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Dr. Brent Catlett. For the first time, I get to say that. Uh, sounds really weird. Uh, but I just got my doctorate from Baker University uh, in ed leadership, uh, K-12. And so very excited to finish that up. But as far as my educational journey, I uh, was a teacher. I was born and raised up in Omaha, Nebraska. I was a teacher, uh, then became a principal kind of self-taught in technology, quite honestly, and then got into kind of ed tech coaching uh, in Bellevue Public Schools uh, with our iPad Academy. And then uh, that transitioned into a tech director job in Independence Missouri down in the Kansas City area. And then uh, I just started with Apple about seven months ago as a development executive where I kind of help districts uh, with their implementations of our Apple products and just doing the best we can to support those folks and help them along the journey and, and kind of every facet of that. So I'm kind of the curriculum ed tech coaching teaching expert, if you will, on our team. So uh, it's been a lot of fun for the last seven months kind of being in the business world of this uh, on the flip side of, you know, we talk about an education preparing kids for the quote real world. Uh, now I get to do that. Uh, I'm married to an amazing wife, uh, Josie, and I have five children ranging from 11 down to three four boys and one girl. So that poor thing is basically protected for life, I hope. And um, she's also quite the queen in the house. So mom, <laughs> I have to kind of wrangle her in because she, she thinks she's the boss, even though she's second oldest. But anyway, so that's, that's a little bit about me. Cool. What is your go-to hashtag for education? And tell us what those words mean to you. My go-to hashtag, oh boy, like one that I've made up or one that I follow, one that I made. Oh boy, okay, because I really like for the love of learning. That's an Apple one, I have to admit, and uh, we've been sharing there as well as uh, classroom clips. If you've not seen clips, I absolutely love this tool on an iPad or an iPhone, and like the ability for kids to create. And so it's really been fun for me to see what teachers are using and creating, as well as principals and even. Uh, I helped the superintendent announce a snow day with clips, so it's super fun. Uh, it's just an easy tool. Man, if I had to pick one for myself, I think I would, uh, the word in my mind is just perseverance, and that has to do with persevering through my doctorate, and I think a lot of people uh, may set goals for themselves, but not always persevere to it, and through personal one at the moment. 
Awesome. Share a message from a book you're reading that's caused you to take action. Hmm. Gosh, I read so much. It's hard to pick. I've been, you know, this is funny, you guys, and you might appreciate this as, as doctors and such. Uh, when I started my researching and things and the books we had for classes, like I would read those, um, you know, because I, I really wanted to make sure I got everything I could out of this program at Baker. Uh, but ultimately, I found myself then wanting to read other things just for pleasure, like to get my mind off of those things. And, and admittedly, all I read was educational type stuff. Like that's just kind of where I was, where I want to be. It's the, kind of my world's where my head is all the time. And um, I don't know. So I think of Dr. Joe Sanfilippo's book, Hacking Leadership, along with Dr. Sanias, who Sanias, I actually, um, I, what I, how should I say? I like, um, gosh, sorry. I put him in my dissertation, like he was referenced in my dissertation wow. because he studied something similar. So that's kind of cool. But anyway, uh, it's around hacking leadership and there's 10 different ways and one of the ways that really stuck out to me is the element of professional learning for adults and in Joe's district which is up in Wisconsin relatively smaller he's kind of put that learning on the adults and said oh what's your goal and we're going to hold you accountable to that uh, and so he's kind of branching off of what I call traditional sit and get style of PD that might not be relevant to every person like I think of my wife when she was pregnant she's a counselor by trade She's pregnant for a lot of times in a row, but I feel bad for her. But anyway, um, she was like uh, a counselor, right, at, a, at an el two elementary schools in our district. And they had this, uh, you know, math expert come in, and we were in the gymnasium at one of the high schools. And so she's sitting on the bleachers. Imagine this if you're pregnant. And so, like, it was t not relevant to her, right? And then I remember her getting up and going down by the underneath the hoop and like swaying along the back wall. And then all of a sudden two other pregnant women came down and you know, they were all doing this. And I thought, first of all, they're uncomfortable. Second of all, like it wasn't relevant to my wife. I'm not sure about the other gals, but like I know when we got home and talked about it, she's thinking like, why did I have to be in that? Like that really wasn't relevant for me and what I need to learn. And so it's like we talked about kind of pre-show in the realm of ed camps. I think ed camps are a fantastic way of professional learning um, because it's what you want out of it not necessarily what the district prescribes. And I'm not trying to knock what a district is trying to do. I'm just saying that there needs to be some balance within all of that and, and rethinking on how we do that and how adult learners learn. I mean, that's what my dissertation was on is how educators use Twitter for a professional learning network. So as I researched adult learning theories and what others like Dr. Sanias had studied, you know, that, all of us essentially have found that there's value in having a professional learning network. So I'm not sure if your district uses PLCs or I know a lot of them do. To me, that's more local. I'm not knocking it again. I'm just trying to say that what if, you know, you, you balance that out by supporting teachers that have a PLN as well as a PLC so that they're seen outside of the walls of wherever they work. Um, and that for me personally is how a teacher uh, and or administrator can uh, transform what they're doing in a classroom. Like they can truly do that because they can make the connections outside of their classroom without those, without that tool or tools, whatever social media tools they're using to do that, they can't do it. So that's, that's something that I, I'd say I'm pretty passionate about and I'll stop there because I could go on for days. <laughs> well, Eric and I say that awesome is contagious and having that PLN and finding those awesome people and awesome ideas on Twitter or whatever your platform is, you know, when you come back and share that in your building, it's contagious. 
and yeah. it spreads like wildfire and people, you know, do develop their PLN through that. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, if you, if you're, if you said, if I said to you guys, Hey, are you the best principals you could be like in, I got this magic button that says you go over here and hit this button. I'm going to make you better. Like, wouldn't you hit the button? Like, so uh, it just kind of has bothered me over the years that some educators, some adults won't take that leap. Like, um, and own their own learning. It'd be the same as if I almost got LASIK eye surgery, went in and had a consultation with the doctor. I'd like to think that that doctor was up on the latest, greatest technology, that he or she had read the latest articles, maybe bought the newest technology, especially if they're gonna cut my eyes open. Um, the same is true of me and my kids. So I'll go dad on you here for a second. Like when my kids walk into your classroom, I wanna know that you're giving me everything you got and you're improving at your craft year after year versus just doing the same old thing, you know? and like. And that's not acceptable to me as a dad, let alone as a fellow colleague and educator. So that's something that I've really tried to push educators with is growing that PLN so that you can learn and grow and be inspired. It's kind of interesting how uh, you almost by growing your PLN, you hold yourself accountable to everyone that you're sharing with. You know, if you, you don't see people posting a great worksheet on Twitter that they're using in their classroom day after day, it's cool, engaging lessons, room transformations, everything. Um, there's power in that hashtag and, um, and just growing your PLN to, to do that outside your, your classroom walls and your building. Do you guys use the SAMR model or TPAC in your district as far as tech integration goes? Is that something you resonates with you guys, SAMR? There have been conversations around it, yes. Yeah, and I, I work with lots of districts that do. And so, and we did in Bellevue before I moved to Independence, we did an in Independence. Um, and there's this idea of, you know, trying to get up the ladder or above the line I've heard used uh, to the M and R levels. And, and again, my opinion is you can't really get to M and particularly R if you don't have those connections outside of your classroom. Like it, you're not going to get there without a PLN and using social media tools to get you there. And it's just amazing how powerful it can be. Uh, let me share one example quick, if I may. Yeah. Okay. So in my dissertation study, uh, I interviewed a culinary arts teacher uh, out of Medford, Oregon. Her name is Trisha, or excuse me, Tisha Richmond. Um, yeah. And she's, of course, on Twitter. Yeah. And she reached out to um, a friend in Nebraska asking for a Midwest recipe. And so Mr. Badura, Craig Badura in Nebraska says, hey, he basically takes it right off the bat and says to Runza, which is a local Nebraska restaurant. <laughs> he says, hey, Runza, this teacher needs your help. He's looking for Runza, uh, you know, recipes. Why wouldn't you send her a Runza recipe? So they're like, sure. Yep, absolutely. They, they DM uh, Tisha and essentially then send her, get all her information and send her on dry ice, a bunch of runzas for this classroom. That doesn't happen without those connections and, and using those tools. Uh, and what an amazing experience for those kids to be able to taste a runza and dig into <laughs> what the recipes are. And they probably never in their lives come to Nebraska of all places in the middle of the country where everyone thinks it's, you know, cows are walking across the street or something. And so like that, that's a great experience that Tisha could bring to her classroom. Um, you know, that, that she couldn't have otherwise done had she not made those connections online. Right. And who doesn't love a Runza? I've had absolutely brother I absolutely. Go out of the way when we go visit my parents to get that's back. That's right. I mean, we're talking Omaha steaks here. It's good stuff. Crinkle fries. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Brent, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by. 
So one thing that is going well for me is I finished my doctorate. That's amazing. Just happened. I feel really good about that. Uh, it's an easy one for me to pick, though. I have to say, too, that I feel like my family is going well. My, my relationship with my wife and kids, that's something that I'm really working hard on as well and trying to make sure I balance between work and home. I think as educators, and, and you guys I know are like this because you've started a podcast, you want to learn and grow, you're on fire for that. So am I, and that's why I'm on this podcast probably with you. Um, but I think we have to be careful. we got to balance, right? Set your phone down, walk away at the end of the day. Um, as much as I consider myself a connected educator, I work really hard to have that balance as well. So that's something that I don't always do well, uh, but I'm working really hard to make sure that I balance those things. Um, so that I'm not just missing on time with my wife and time with my kids uh, and or other family and friends and different things. As far as an area to grow, wow, well, I started this new job and so I've got lots of room to improve uh, just in how I help support districts and where my time is used most wisely. So those are things on the top of my mind in the improvement category. Uh, I want to, I don't know, I, it's crazy to say, but I want to keep researching. I want to keep doing some things um, to make sure that I'm on a cutting edge of what's out there and what's happening and again how I can support folks because at the end of the day I got into this a long time ago for kids. Um, I remember when I had to decide if I would go elementary or secondary when I was in college uh, being a pre-service teacher and I was freaked out about oh my god I can't do high school I'll barely be older than them and so I chose elementary partially too because I'd been coaching at that level and really felt like I could do it as well as as a male, I wanted to be a male role model for kids because in my upbringing, I never had a male teacher until high school. Um, and so it was so, so fun for me to be out on the playground with kids being all-time quarterback or the kickball legend that I am back at All Saints in East Omaha, like where I kicked it over the building, right? Um, I mean, you know, you have to have like something that burns for you. And if you're not, I think you're in the wrong profession, quite honestly. Uh, you're not doing what you should be doing. And that's my fear with a lot of educators is they're just kind of checking in and checking out. Um, and that I don't like that. I don't like that for my own children. And if I was being br brutally honest, I really think there's a lot of change needed in education uh, and how we deliver education to students and kids. And I don't want my kids to play the same what I call game of school that I played where I memorize things to regurgitate facts on a test. Um, if we're asking kids that uh, questions that they can Google, we're asking them the wrong questions. And so we've got to get after it in a different way to really, we talk about the four C's in education, but are we really getting after that and putting kids in that environment? Um, and so, yeah, there's some things about our system that I would blow up. I'm not saying I'd throw out the entire bath, but like uh, there are some things that I would certainly change if I had the power to, uh, to do so. And I, that's where a lot of my passion with technology comes into play because I have found that I could really engage kids differently. I could use my PLN to help with that process uh, with the tools we were using and make that happen for kids in a completely new way that engaged them differently and really got them critically thinking and collaborating and communicating all those things that we want them to be doing. Right. So sorry, that was kind of long winded. No, that was a good answer. Yeah. What three words would you use to describe the person who has made the greatest impact on your life? And why do those words come to mind? Hmm. I would say loving, kind, and uh, what would be my third? I would say, it's not, this is kind of a phrase, but someone who pushed me. Um, 
you know, kind of to be my best, quote unquote. And so, you know, I'm spending a lot of time in, in uh, I don't want to go all spiritual on you guys, but I'm spending a lot of time in the Bible and I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what Jesus has done in my life. And so I continue to uh, work at, again, as I mentioned before, just the type of person I am to everyone, including you all, but particularly for my home and for my wife and kids. And um, so it's amazing, too, when you think about who in your life has influenced you, like my father, my brother, uh, my sister, uh, some of your old teachers, maybe your colleagues, like along that journey of your life. Uh, who are those people and what do they look like and feel like? And so for me, it's always been people that I could trust. That probably should have been another word of mine um, as well, you know, where you could let go of some of your deepest, darkest secrets, if you will, of frustrations and things, but yet be able to kind of keep pushing uh, for improvement. And I guess for me, I consider myself a lifelong learner. Uh, I don't want to get stagnant. I don't want my job to be something that I'm just showing up for, kind of putting in my time and going home. And so admittedly, uh, for me, back when I became a principal, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it was the school I went to as a kid. They said, you're set for life. And I immediately felt my shirt tightening and I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Don't sign me up for the next 30 years because I just wasn't sure what the future would hold. And I think that because of my, maybe it's just my makeup, my experiences in education have really uh, helped me. Um, and I couldn't, I wasn't the person who was going to teach fourth grade my entire career. No disrespect to someone who does that or someone who is a principal for their entire career. But for me, that just wasn't going to be my path. Um, and I think that's because I love a new challenge. I love to challenge myself with something new, maybe even outside of my box and comfort zone. And so for me, part of even taking my job that I've taken now at Apple was about practicing what I preach. Um, you know, I didn't see it coming in my head, getting a doctor, it was around, hey, I want to become a superintendent someday. Uh, that was where my goals were. And then this all came about. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I said to my wife, I said, this is an opportunity I can't pass up and I need to practice what I preach. And so I have been completely outside of my comfort zone for seven months now. Uh, and I'm still learning and growing within the new role and with my teams that I work with. Uh, it's just been a fascinating ride for me and all of those different experiences that I mentioned at the, at the outset of the show that I've had over the 20 years now, 20 plus years that I've been in education. Awesome. What has been a game changing moment for you in the field of education? Twitter. I have to say, so this is a cool story. So my colleague, Ann Feldman, uh, up in Bellevue, Ann Feldman won on the Twitters. She comes home from ISTE, and I just had become the EdCAC coach with her. She was the only one for our district, big district, not fair to her or me, uh, for that matter, when I joined, but we did our best. But uh, anyway, at the time, she had gone to ISTE, and Kathy Schrock had did a presentation on Twitter, and she's like, Kat, I want to sit down with you and do this um, Twitter deal that I've, I learned about. And I had thought, oh, it's just, you know, educator or excuse me. I just was thinking it was like the Kim Kardashians of the world. I don't need it. No, thanks. And we had to go to her house and have lunch at her kitchen table because it was blocked in the district at the time. This was in 2010. And so that was <clears throat> a long time ago. I feel like forever and ever ago, but it wasn't that long ago. And so we uh, sat down at the table and she went through it with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in. Like, are you kidding me? I'm gregarious. Like, this is perfect. This will help me. Why not? You know? 
And so I dove headfirst in and I tried to get Catlett as my Twitter handle and some guy in New York has that handle. And this poor guy like gets hit with mistweets that are supposed to be sent to me all the time. And he's not the most friendly cat, by the way, if this ever happens to you, I apologize. His mine is Catlett1. And I remember thinking like, who is this guy who you know, took Catlett? I'm like, my, my last name is pretty unique and not a huge you know, name like Smith or something. So like, uh, anyway, from that moment forward, honestly, that changed the, really the course of my career. I made connections that I never thought possible. Uh, it opened so many doors and so many opportunities for me to learn and grow, to connect my classrooms that I was coaching the teachers in, uh, as well as the tech director later on after that role. Um, and just what I brought to the table, right, as a, as a quote unquote leader within the district, um, I, it's invaluable what that's done for me. Uh, so that by far and away is the game changer. Uh, and I've certainly expanded that into use of Voxer and even Facebook and Instagram. I've dabbled with Snapchat and I'm out. I know what it does. I don't need it. Uh, and again, that's back to those balancing things. Like I want to know what the kids are doing. I think it's imperative for us as adults to be in that world and understand and know it and maybe even engage them there if possible. Uh, because it's kind of the wild, wild west out there for kids. And what I learned as a tech director, I could tell you story on story about what was happening in our district with students. And it was scary is the best way I can put it. And I think we're kind of missing the boat on that digital citizenship piece, not only for kids, but for their parents. Um, and I know this maybe means extra hours for us when it means like, hey, we have to have a Saturday morning thing, a, a Tuesday night deal. But uh, that's a fear of mine right now that so, so many parents, unfortunately, just kind of let their kids loose. And then their kids are out there doing all this stuff uh, that they don't even know. Uh, and there's so many tricks of the trade that they are amazing at that we just continue. It was like almost like a daily, weekly thing when I was tech director that we were uncovering in, the, in a district the size of Independence where they were hacking around our network. They were having X conversations that were completely inappropriate. There were kids threatening to hurt themselves. I mean, it, it just the list went on and on and on and on. And while I absolutely love technology and I think it's a game changer for what's possible in schools, we have to also balance and be careful with like, how are we educating kids uh, around its use when maybe they're not doing that project for you in, in the class, right, in, in your classroom. So that's something that I, I have put a lot of like thought into. I don't have my head completely wrapped around what the answers are, but it's one that I like to talk about. So if y'all have some, some insight, I'd be game to hear it. Yeah. It's amazing how these kindergartners can, you know, fix the computers or run circles and grab the iPad and do this and that. And they don't, they don't need us to hold their hands through uh, navigating that stuff and coding and everything. There's uh such a parent PD piece that that needs to be tapped into for sure. I mean, aren't you know you kind of have this like idea as principal to be you know you're it's like this family oriented thing. You want you want their engagement. You want them involved. So that should be. I always talk about an open door policy. Like you're welcome anytime. Any you know what I mean? Like you don't have to ask permission to come in here and see your kid or. And we as educators can get kind of snarky about this. We can be like, oh, that's a helicopter mom. Like, what is she doing here? Like, or, you know, uh, oh, that dad's got Burger King for him. That's not healthy for him or whatever, right? We get, we get too judgmental about things like that when the reality is we're in this in a partnership with parents. And I see that now as a dad in education, which is, I'll shout out my buddies at Dads and Ed podcast, Devin and Josh that I co-hosted with for years. 
um, that what we talked about is this crux of being an educator and being a parent. And if you're in the same district, that's even more difficult, uh, at least in my opinion, or I, I would echo Josh and, and Devin, I think would agree with me here. But like, that's something that, um, again, we talked about at length on that show with guests around how, how can we do that better? And what's that like for you? Because I know, again, I mentioned this earlier, I don't want my kids to play the same game as school. And I, I, back to my, I forget how you worded it, but the game changer for me and getting Twitter, right? Okay, so that's a blessing and a curse for me. The blessing is that I can learn and grow and be inspired and connect people and yada, yada, all the great things you all know that's there. But the curse is, is that I know this amazing guy named Matt Gomez, who's a kindergarten teacher down in Texas, who I want my kid in his classroom because of what he does. And it's not happening for my kindergarten boy or it's not happening for my second grade daughter. And it's no offense to those teachers. They're amazing people. I absolutely think the world of them and my kids love them. But in the back of my head, I'm saying, oh, if they were just connected, they could take this to a whole nother level. And I don't want to be the dad who goes in there and says, you're wrong. You're out of, you know, you don't, you're not doing this right. Uh, because that's rude. So how do I, how do I bring this conversation up to them in a way that doesn't offend them? Um, and then how do I live with that at night? Because quite honestly, guys, I struggle with this like literally daily because I get to see four states of awesomeness. Right. And when I see all this awesomeness, I, I come home and my poor wife, I'm like, we're moving to X place. And, she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 really. They need to be in this school. And because I see amazing things happening across uh, the states that I serve here in the Midwest. And like, it's, it's, uh, I want that for all kids, right? It shouldn't just be pockets of excellence. Like that should be for every single kid, including mine. And so that's where I kind of get at this blessing and curse idea that I quite honestly struggle with. Mm. There's such a, yeah, on fire, <laughs> spread your fire. <laughs> okay. Well, if your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> How do you promote self-care? Man, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier. I apologize, but just the idea of balance. Um, we all love this stuff, you know, connecting on podcasts and you name it, uh, blog posts and all of those good things, Twitter, Facebook, all these great tools that are amazing, but you have to be careful in balance. I think uh, in my study, one of, one of the educators was from Iowa. So I did five regions of the U.S., my regions that I defined, but essentially, you know, Midwest, West kind of thing. And um, one of the gals in the Midwest talked about, so I would ask them, what are the benefits of using Twitter? What are the drawbacks of using Twitter? And when I asked her what the drawback was, she said, really, I don't have one. And then she sat there and thought about it for a second. She goes, well, maybe it's because I'm addicted, she said. I'm in all these chats like every night of the week. And I thought, yes, you're a mom, you're a wife, like get off of those. Like, you know, maybe you do one, right? Like, like slow down. And so I think, uh, I think of my dad who like, we started working out together. This was years ago when I lived in Omaha and he just became like ridiculously over the top with it. He was there every single morning. And I was like, dad, you, you're going to push your, you're going to burn out, you know? And sure enough, he did. He didn't want to listen to his son, but like he never would do that. But like um, just the balance aspect of this, I think is wildly important getting away from it, right? Checking out mentally, which is not easy for some of us to do because we live and breathe this and we want better for kids. Uh, and that's why we got into it. And so, don't get me wrong, I struggle with this myself, but I think uh, the balance piece is is wildly important. Mm. Okay, Sorry, this one, on. yeah, here I'm gonna throw out more as we talk about balance. This is the <laughs> of Adam Welcome. We are promoting hashtag more May. What is one way you can do more in, more in May to finish strong? 
Well, no, it's cool. I, I like this. So here's, again, I'm kind of spiritual on you here, but I've been praying every day for this idea of being more, doing more, and giving more. Uh, and that might mean something to me a little different than, than your give necessarily. But I'll tell you what, the more I give, the more I find myself just happy. Um, and I was listening to a different podcast that uh, um, on my ride up here to South Dakota uh, in the airport. And I, I was um, taken back by this guy who talked about the more he gave, the, the better he felt. Uh, and so I agree with that. I don't know if it's just in my nature, in my blood, what, but like the, the more I give to others, whomever those people are, the better I feel um, because it's not about me and it's about other people. And so like, how are, how you guys are in pivotal roles uh, in your buildings, uh, you know, to, as principals or, or I'll speak to superintendents that might listen to this or assistant soups or curriculum directors in Missouri, in the great state, the show me state of Missouri that I reside. And like, I, I think that that's something that I'm so passionate around. What, what scares me is how an, an individual can adversely affect a school. It can adversely affect a district. And because I have a broader perspective, perhaps in my role and slash the PLN, I've seen the good, bad and the ugly. And <clears throat> that frustrates me on some levels and, and worries me on others because we need more good leaders. We need leaders like yourselves that are taking leaps and following after Adam's challenge and saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to get after this. Kids deserve it. Right. And uh, I know Todd and uh, I've not met Adam in person, but I've met Todd. I love those guys because they push for what kids deserve. And that's our best. And so, like, uh, let's get after that in a way that. Uh, is contagious, like we talked about earlier, like awesome is contagious, right? And so um, they deserve that. And you know, you never know what kids are bringing to the table. And that's something that I think teachers sometimes, and you guys could empathize with this, you have kids come to your, your office because they've been in trouble and the, the, the teacher doesn't know the backstory on the relationship you have with the parent or parents or guardian, whatever that situation is. You're trying to manage that uh, in a private way in a professional private way. And this, you can't say anything to the teacher. So you're on an island by yourself because you're sending the kid back to class. You've done your counseling session with him or her. And now you're saying, okay, I got to send you back. Now I, if I'm praying, please, like, please be good. Like, because this teacher's about ready to, you know, go crazy on you and, and go crazy on me. And so like, I need you to be good. And you're like bribing them with candy, like whatever you can do. I've been there. And maybe you guys didn't live in the same principalship I did, but this is what happened to me. And so like, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, and, and again, just me, I'll speak for myself. This might not be you and your little world of Smithville, but like I struggled with the adults, not the kids. I would say like, if this kid was in my classroom, this wouldn't be the problem because I would be connecting with him or her differently. I would be realizing this kid comes from a broken family or a messed up situation or didn't sleep last night or whatever the case might be. Uh, malnourished in some way, shape, or form that, uh, you know what, I'm sorry, but multiplication facts aren't really important right now to that kid. And so sometimes we've got to back outside of like the fact that we're trying to get data on a test and let's, let's, let's look at the kid and this person, this human being, as well as their family uh, and how we can help maybe that single mom, that single dad, this uh, grandmother who's raising the kid. Uh, I've seen it all and experienced it all. Uh, and I guess that's just all given me perspective to be more empathetic to who we serve. I, maybe you've seen those videos where I think they were done by like hospital ads where, 
you're walking in this hospital and then that little pop-up comes up where the guy just learned he has terminal cancer. This gal just learned her husband's going to die. You know what I mean? You don't know what, when you get in an elevator with somebody. And so now that I'm blessed to do a little traveling, I make it a point to, to smile at people, to look them in the eye and say, hello, and just try this for me because people deserve it. And uh, I'll, I'll spin off a kid's dessert and like, just try it when you're out and about at the gas station and say hello to somebody and see what happens, see what sort of reaction you get. And I guarantee you, if there'd be a little more kindness in the world, uh, we might have a little better situation going on uh, in the world slash schools. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Renee and I had something like that at Sonic the other day. <laughs> Started talking to this guy and, and he opened up quite a bit, you know, just over getting a, a drink and cheddar bites. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing when you uh, just say hello to someone and give them, give them a chance to Absolutely. share your story, but a lot of more awesome things in there. All right. We've come to the moment in this interview where it's time to share your fast five. We're going to fire five questions at you. We, we want you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. Okay. We'll do. All right. <sighs> Renee fire away. Question one. What is something small that makes your day better? Small. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Bible. What's your ideal way to spend the weekend? Oh, with my family, no doubt. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. I, if I in another life, I think I'd be a sports broadcaster, right? Like I want to be on Sports Center or like announcing baseball games. That's what I do in another life. That'd be cool. Country life or city life? I gotta go with city, but I want I want the best of both. Can I live in the city with a little slice of country so I can go to all these? So I can, you know what I mean? I, I want the Royals. I want to be able to like do those things like easily, but not. I don't want a neighbor ten feet from me. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of slack. I know that's I'm not answering the question, but uh, yeah, I'm diverting here. Sorry. <laughs> I get it. We found that piece of heaven in Smithville. Nice. <laughs> We're so yeah. close to the city. Right. Right. Would you rather live in Narnia or go to school at Hogwarts? Wow. I think I'd go with Narnia. I love Narnia. I love Hogwarts too, but yeah, I'm an, we're Narnia fans at our house. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brent. This has been amazing. Uh, will you please share any closing statements you want to pass on to our listeners that, uh, that you would make sure to uh, get out in your message? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys again so much for having me. I'm humbled and honored to be on your show. It's exciting to see what you're doing and the folks you're interviewing to be in the, the list of those names, uh, big shots like Adam and, and Laura Gilchrist. I, I, I'm humbled. Uh, but I will say this, as I've been kind of mentioning through the podcast, you know, like we as adults are the ones it's incumbent upon us to do our best to keep evolving at the craft of teaching and being a principal and being a superintendent exit, whatever their role is in the, in the educational system. Uh, for kids. And so to steal Adam and, and Todd's, you know, kids deserve it sort of theme, they do. And uh, so we've got to do our best to uh, bring our A game to the table. And if that means you go back to school and, and learn up some things, if that means you get a PLN and you learn and grow in that environment, please don't tell me you don't have time because you're basically saying to me as a dad, I don't have time for your kid. Uh, to learn and grow. And that's completely unacceptable to me. And we're professionals. So let's act like it, right? Uh, when it is time to have PD days, uh, let's get after it, you know, and uh, learn and grow and do the best we can. So I'll leave it with that. Well, thanks um, for the motivation. We're ready yeah. to start our day. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
Okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Tune in next week to learn more as we share Mo Edu. We're working on syncing that. <laughs> we got it this time. <laughs> Bye, Brent. Thank you. See you guys.